So you have a going away party later? Uh, what's that for? Uh, my friend uh, is a journalist, so he's going to Houston. Oh, okay. So that that's in like in the afternoon, but just after church. Mm -hmm. I thought it would be for, because um, you said that you're still waiting to like go to training or getting orders somewhere or. Yeah, not, yeah, they're going away parties out for myself. Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> I'm going in September, hopefully. Mm -hmm. uh, where to? Uh, Quantico, Virginia. Okay. Um, do you have a like MOS already and whatnot? No, I don't have MOS. So the thing with the Marine Corps, um, once you get commissioned, you go to the basic school mm -hmm. and the school is where they train marine officers to be infantry officers mm -hmm. a common saying in the marine corps is every marine is a rifleman and every marine officer is um an infantry platoon leader mm -hmm. uh, platoon leader so there you learn how to be an infantry platoon leader but also you get to learn the different mos's in the marine corps mm -hmm. and by the last the training is six months long and the last two months is basically when you start deciding what MOS you want. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. And um, do you have family that kind of motivated you to uh, join, you know, any family military lineage? Yeah, um, only my brother, uh, my older brother, uh, John, Jonathan, actually. Mm -hmm. um, he's four years older than me. Mm -hmm. So I was, able, I was able to see him like work up to like getting the scholarship of going to RTC and then becoming a Marine. And it was just really inspiring for me because, you know, he wasn't anything special. He was a very like small, skinny guy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people doubted him that he was able to do, um, do what he, I almost want to say that he did it to, you know, he joined the Marine Corps to prove everyone wrong, but I think it was more so to prove to himself that, he has what it takes and uh, that really just inspired me to join the marine corps i always you know as a kid i always you know had like the, you know remember that green military figure figures? yeah yeah the toy soldier i was things. like mm. yeah i was into like all military stuff so the military mm. definitely in my future <laughs> but um i think my brother is the one that pushed me to actually want to be a marine officer mm. shout out to the bro and um did you guys grow up in San Diego? You're from San Diego, right? Or no, I'm actually from uh, Richmond, California. So up in the oh the Bay Area, uh -huh. I went to San Diego um, for school, mm -hmm. San Diego State University. Cool, cool. Well, um, how was it like in Richmond? You know, I've lived here like my whole life, and like. All I can say, going like I'm thankful that I I grew up here. I made a lot of friends, but at the same time, the environment's not what I'm looking for. And mm -hmm. like stay at just because the the mindset there is very in, here is very entitled and mm -hmm. very unmotivated. Mm -hmm. Like when I'm here, it's kind of kind of depressing at times, just because I have no one to you know work out with or run with. I only have like maybe one or two friends that. Are, are down to do it but you know when i'm in san diego like yeah have you been to san diego yeah i'm actually uh born and raised well i was born, born there yeah. And, yeah yeah like it's just happy and everyone just wants to do something and mm -hmm. 
that's that's my type of like personality and it's not like that out here in mm -hmm. i feel it well at least you found your crowd and whatnot um yeah well, hello ladies and gentlemen welcome to the seventh episode of joe's podcast i'm your host modern fontania on the podcast i'm joined by a uh, fellow californian joseph paul quintana um so could you other than uh, you know what branch you are and where you're from tell me a little about your degree and what job title um, prospect would you be interested in the marine corps yeah so uh, i went to san diego state university um, mm -hmm. got business management degree just this last may um it's interesting i was actually in mechanical engineering at first um, my first semester but you know i'm not super smart so <laughs> after one semester I knew it wasn't for me and I wasn't that passionate about it so I thought about it and I was like what's something that I could use in the Marine Corps and later down the road if I were to get out of the Marine Corps mm -hmm. and so I thought business management was the best option for me just because I like the idea of being a leader being able to communicate to other people what the mission is what the goal is and mm -hmm. I thought business management is like had that in mind while also dealing with the numbers and everything like that's the stuff I, I enjoy learning as well, like simple math, not like calculus. Um, mm -hmm. Regarding the Marine Corps. Um, at TBS when I choose my MOS I'm looking at combat engineer um, or infantry combat engineer is basically to simplify things either blow up stuff or build build stuff so that it's a very. Uh, I feel like that's kind of uh, very vague explanation but that, that's really basically what they do and then for infantry um i think you kind of have an idea of just them being in the front line being the spearhead of you know the whole operation mm -hmm. uh, i guess the reason for joining wanting to do that mos is just because i'm i'm a hands-on type of person and i want the most difficult challenge and i think that's where it's at mm -hmm. and you know the marine corps is known for for their, it's like for their infantry, for their aggressiveness, mm -hmm. and that's what I want to be. I don't want to be sitting behind a desk. Later down the road, I will be sitting behind a desk. But starting my career in my prime, I would like to be kind of in the dirt and everything. Mm -hmm. I feel it. It's good to. Uh, it's a good aspiration you have, um, infantry and whatnot. Do you see yourself um, down the line going? Um, I guess a special forces route, you know, force recon, raiders, or MARSOC? Yeah, you know, MARSOC has always been on my mind. It's, uh -huh. a, it's a very elite group. Mm -hmm. Like, Marine Corps is already elite, but then mm -hmm. to be uncommon amongst uncommon, I think that's even, like, that's a big goal of mine. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, that's definitely a goal down the road something I will need to train very, very hard for. Um, I think more so just with the swimming, like everything else I could like, I will be able to get like get down if I just work on it. But like swimming is something that's always been one of my weaknesses because mm -hmm. I'm like, fuck and I, I have like negative buoyancy. Mm -hmm. So that'd be something that I'd focus on while I'm in the Marine Corps. Um, actually, uh, my brother is, is thinking of trying out for it pretty soon. Go oh, well. ANS is the first like training stage that you would go to. 
and he's going to do like I think in a year or so. And uh, what does that acronym stand for? Just for those listening. And as um, it was something assessment. Um, oh yeah, assessment and selection program. Mm -hmm. yeah. And is it kind of um, I guess the equivalent of other SF branches tryouts? You know, uh, for the Navy they have buds, and then for the Army they have. Um, SFAS or Ranger Selection Assessment? You know, I'm not really sure. I'm pretty sure ANS is just like, um, it's even just to see if you qualify for the, like, training for MARSOC. So, okay. um, because I think BUDS for Navy SEALs is like, you, like that's to be a Navy SEAL. Mm -hmm. But they have their own little separate like stuff that they have to do before they even get to buds mm -hmm. so, um i'm pretty sure that's very similar um mm -hmm. sure uh, do you have like um an idea for i guess the assessment um what they'll put you guys through because i know um i was talking to richie the other podcast and he said that you guys have two forms of like pt tests like one in full kit and then another one can you kind of elaborate on that? Um, I'm not really sure um, really what it entails. There's not like, there's not a lot of information. I'm sure if I, 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 have, I know a lot of people, no, well, not a lot, like a couple of people in, like that are Raiders mm -hmm. that have gone through the training, but I'm not entirely yeah. sure like everything oh. that is uh, within it. Richie mm -hmm. might be more than me to be completely honest. <laughs> no worries. see um do you have aspirations um outside of the military like any goals or dreams because you said that you uh, have a degree in business management yeah um you know something i've been interested in and i've been like kind of doing my research on is just like real estate and whatnot mm -hmm. um that's something i i kind of want to get into like right now in the marine corps i feel like there's a lot of benefits that I can use um, later down the road. But like right now, I'm like, I'm already looking, thinking of buying a house, like as soon as I get to my first duty station and then just uh, house hack basically mm -hmm. uh, the house to people while I'm living there. And then my whole housing expenses is taken care of. Um, outside of the military, yeah, I would definitely try to get into real estate, but also I wouldn't mind being like a firefighter because there's a lot of fires in, my general area. I mean, you know, it's like yeah, kind of, it's on fire. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of dry areas. Mm -hmm. I think it would just be like a great opportunity for me to like serve and like continue to serve the mm -hmm. and whatnot. Gotcha. And continually helping out. Yeah. Let's see. Um, do you have a favorite military joke? Military joke? Yeah. Um. Yeah, there's. <laughs> it, it's got it's pretty inappropriate, but oh. it, was, it was funny when my recruiter told me. So you know how the army says "hua." Yeah. And then you know the marine corps is like Rah, like that, mm -hmm. and you know my recruiter was like, "You know, it's like you know why?" I said, "You know why that is?" And I was like, "Uh, no." And he's like, "Because the army has a dick stuck in their mouth." <laughs> 
<laughs> and then he was just like, what? Like that. Um, oh my God. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you should be telling me this. That's comedy, bro. <laughs> no, I feel it. I feel it. And that's what made me want to join the Marine Corps. <laughs> the sole reason, actually. Yeah, exactly. Not, not your brother, just that, the joke. And you're yep. sold. I was like, yeah, Army. <laughs> I was um, just speaking on that. How was your process? Because um, did you go through ROTC or because you said you talked to a recruiter? Yeah. So, um, you know, my original plan was not to like do ROTC or mm-hmm. just to go straight into the Marine Corps. And so I actually enlisted when I was a junior in high school. Uh, once I was 17, got my parents' signature and whatnot. And mm-hmm. I was delayed entry program, which is basically what every um, recruit will need to go through um, just to make sure they qualify regarding physical fitness and um, academics and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was there for like two years. And one of my recruiters told me about RTC. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know what that is. My brother went through it and everything. He was like, are you interested in it? In it? You'll just have to uh, like, do the whole like process. So there's like two essays you need to write mm-hmm. you and then a physical fitness test you need to run. And for the physical fitness test, I was running that almost every month just to see if my score got any better mm-hmm. uh, before. And interesting enough, I was, I think there was 26, no, there's 25 people that could get chosen for the scholarship, like in my area. I think the whole mm-hmm. like Western region of like America or something, mm-hmm. and I was I was actually twenty six, oh, and, wow. and I didn't make it. So I applied. I was I applied my junior year or end of my junior year, but then you could apply again in your senior year. Mm-hmm. And I did, and then I was number selected number two out of everyone. Um, so you know I didn't. I failed the first time, but I got it the second time. So it, it all worked out. Mm-hmm. You but, bounced yeah, back. This isn't bad. Just a lot of paperwork. Mm-hmm. How, um, going back to like the start of the process, you said you had to write two essays. Uh, yeah. Could you kind of talk about what those about are about? Yeah, if I remember correctly, one was like what, what makes you a, like, why do you think you qualify to be like a leader in the Marine Corps? Mm-hmm. And the other one was, I'm pretty sure, why do you want to join the Marine Corps? Mm-hmm. One was specifically about leadership. One was the reasons for joining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could you, uh, do you remember like what you said? Um, I think I, I remember the why I joined the leadership part. I I talked a lot about like, because I was, I was a captain in wrestling, a captain in um, volleyball, mm-hmm. a lot of like other, oh yeah, and I was in like junior RTC, so mm-hmm. I was the, I don't know, commander of, of that whole thing, and so I, I spoke a lot about that, but why I joined the Marines was specifically for just to better myself, like there's a lot of reasons, mm-hmm. um, and I talked about I kind of separate it in like, I'm pretty sure like three paragraphs. Like one was to better myself, to give myself a challenge, to be more disciplined. The other one was feeling in debt, in debt to this country kind of because mm-hmm. 
so many people have served before me and I wanted to do my part. And what was the third reason? Let's see. There was something else. Yeah, but I forgot the other one, but those were like the two main reasons why I wanted to join the Marine Corps. Mm -hmm. I think specifically just because, you know, out of all the branches, when people think Marine Corps, they think like a prestigious like institution. Mm -hmm. And that's what I wanted to be a part of. Mm -hmm. okay. So just uh, a tip out there for those who are thinking about Marine Corps or being a Marine Corps officer, you heard it first here. Um, going back to the whole investing thing. So you said you uh, are looking into real estate. Did you or do you follow um, anyone or take anyone's like advice, let's say like on podcasts or YouTube yeah. about that? Yeah. Um, actually, the only one I really like listen to is, I don't know if you heard, you've heard of it, but Bigger Pockets. Hmm. Not um, yet. Yeah, it's a, it's a great podcast. They they honestly bring people like Jocko on there. They bring um, they they don't just bring like real estate investors. They bring people that like, uh, who is the guy? Um, I forgot his name, but it was like understanding, like how to communicate people, like mm -hmm. how to yourself and like like these different authors and they bring them on their show and talk to them about it. Or then they do, and then they're you know it is a real estate investing podcast. So mm -hmm. like what they brought uh. Who is it? Like this 20 year old guy or no. Yeah. 20 year old guy who like sold like 75 homes, like, and he's only like 20, what, 24 now. Mm -hmm. And it's like kind of amazing to me, like these people like were able to do it just because they were bold enough to do it. Cause you can have all the knowledge you want, but if you're not going to take action, nothing's going to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, another guy I listened to is uh, Stefan Graham on um, YouTube. He's like a financial guru. And he's just like, a, he likes saving money. Like that's his whole thing, like being financially free, being able to do what he wants. And mm -hmm. he's a frugal person. And I guess another person that like kind of got me into this was uh, my brother's landlord. Because mm -hmm. staying with my brother in San Diego for like a couple of weeks just to hang out in that area. Mm -hmm. But his landlord was telling me a lot about like, like investing or real estate investing and more specifically house hacking, which is that whole idea of getting rid of your whole housing expense by renting out your house to other people. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh man, that's crazy. Because your housing expense is going to be your largest, your biggest expense throughout your life, that mm -hmm. and commuting. So if you could get rid of that, you could save that money and invest it in somewhere else. So, mm -hmm. Plus that, uh, that VA loan goes... A whole oh, yeah. a long way. So <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, Stephen Graham, is he the one that said that he would recommend like people don't have credit cards or don't use credit cards? No, I think that's uh Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey, gotcha. Never mind. <laughs> Dave, Dave Ramsey hates like credit cards, but you know it's it's different for him because he he's like the older guy, he's like bald. Yeah. Um, you you've seen him, but yeah. <laughs> He's a very conservative guy when it comes to like saving money mm -hmm. and he, everything should be like like money on like you should have the money on the spot to buy it like if you don't then don't buy it mm -hmm. but with buying a house it's just kind of like unrealistic um 
to be able to do that. Stefan Graham's more of the credit card. He likes the credit cards. He thinks debit cards are stupid. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, like with, like, let, let, think about things that you need to buy gas, like groceries, use a credit card, pay it off literally in two days. And mm-hmm. that's what I do. And I, I wasn't using my credit card enough. I was actually using my debit card a lot um, just because it wouldn't work at Costco. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started using my credit card though and my score jumped up like 66 points. So I'm like at 770 or something. I, I'm trying to get to the 800s before- uh, You put down that loan. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's, that's the goal right now. <laughs> Uh, favorite and least favorite MRE? Favorite MRE. Okay, it's got to be between, of course, like, you know, uh, Chili Mac and uh, shredded beef. Uh, that's like a barbecue shredded beef. Mm-hmm. And least favorite, there's this like pork sausage one, or I forgot what it's, I forgot what it's called, but. The jalapeno pork, I think. Yeah, either that one or like the maple syrup pork sauce. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's some like, like honestly, when you're super hungry, like you're gonna eat whatever, whatever's in front of you. Exactly. So, like, <laughs> I don't really have a super like least favorite because I ate it and I was like, it's not that bad, but I wouldn't want to try it again. You know. Mm-hmm. I feel it. I'm not. Are decent. Yeah, I'm not a picky eater either. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, are you Filipino. Yeah, I'm Filipino, so you know how your it parents, is. Your parents wouldn't let your parents wouldn't let you be a picky. Exactly, bro. You know, I'd just be staying downstairs, and they say you can't come up until you finish all your food. So, yeah, yep. brown it's people a- living. Now people just throw out food that they don't like or something. I know it's insane, bro. Like, well, yeah, my, my mom's the type of person like if there's mold on a tomato. Oh yeah, off eat the tomato still. So. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's just the generation or the, because like my grandparents were immigrants. So when they mm-hmm. came over, they kind of had nothing. And so that was mm-hmm. the whole thing to save everything you can and, um, you know, be resourceful. It's mm-hmm. like the Marine Corps because we're broke right now. So that's why <laughs> <laughs> we borrow gotta, and we have all the old stuff. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do with what you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite Filipino food. Oh, <clears throat> uh, it's very, I think it's basic. Like, I think chicken adobo. Okay. Like, the, honestly, the three main ones I'll, I'll eat, like, all the time is chicken adobo, pancit, and what's it called? Lumpia. Why don't I forget mm-hmm. that? <laughs> so the party favorites. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh. <laughs> uh, this kind of, you know, going back in, uh, I guess, history, were you ever in touch with, I guess, um, the original people or tribe that your family came from? Because I got a, a bunch of friends who, um, you know, are from like Ifugao or Igrot, or I don't know if you heard of like the Kalinga headhunter uh, tribes back, uh, back in the, I guess, motherland. And, you know, it's just kind of like a testament that, like, you know, they really, and then they did, um, you know, join the military and it's kind of like a bridge between, you know, the past and the future of them, um, you know, being warriors and whatnot. Um, so 
were you uh, are you like in touch with that side or no i'm gonna be completely honest no um just uh you know my grandparents never really taught like taught my par parents a lot about like the philippines and like kind of the experiences because mm -hmm. when grandma came over um she really wanted to americanize like her kids mm -hmm. and like that's why i don't i'm not able i don't speak to god like because my parents never learned because my grand my grandma's thinking was okay if they sound american like even though they don't look american if they sound american like they could get a job and just like they'll be able to communicate for themselves and you know it'll be mm -hmm. like that and you know that's unfortunate though because i would love to have spoken <laughs> to y'all like but mm -hmm. yeah yeah i don't really know anything about <laughs> quite filipino tribe or whatnot <laughs> oh it's all good i feel it bro i'm kind of like the same and I think that's just kind of like the narrative for a lot of um, families and whatnot that uh, do come to the States. They just kind of sacrifice a little of their culture. Cause like my family, uh, they actually, you know, spoke Tagalog, uh, Kampapangan and uh, Ilocano in the house, but they, I mean, for better words, and uh, I guess PC, um, they didn't want me to sound, uh, you know fresh off the boat or anything so mm -hmm. yeah. yeah um let's see and that's also like the beautiful thing about the military uh because you get people from different walks of life and whatnot and uh, different perspectives and just kind of talking on that um how do you think or how do you want your first interaction with your um i guess platoon and your nco counterpart to be um for my nco counterpart i want them you know i want i want them to give me the ins and outs like um like there's a saying in the marine corps it's called bluff bottom line up front and basically it's just just give me like a summary of what's what's going on like every time and i just want him to keep like updating me and i want our relationship to be really close so he understands the men and i understand the men um, regarding the men, I just want to make sure I instill, like, I want, I've been reading a book, it's called, uh, Chaos, um, by James Mattis, and the two things he's, like, he looks for is initiative and aggressiveness, and I think the initiative part is very important, because I think we can all just sit back and just, you know, just do what we're told, but I want them to also, um, have responsibility, like, have a sense of responsibility to get what needs to be done. And that's my job to um, give, give them my standards and what I expect out of them. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I just, yeah, I got, I got to leave the ego out the door. I, it doesn't matter what they think about me. I just need to be doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, when I get in that position, hopefully I'll know what, <laughs> what that is, mm -hmm. but, you know, there's still a lot to learn before I even get there. Mm -hmm. I feel it. It's always about, um, you know, being proactive instead of reactive. And then also, you know, looking out for your Joes and um, in turn, they, you know, look out for you and you guys all get the mission done. Yeah, exactly. Um, and just kind of rewinding a bit. So was it James Mattis? Um, James Mattis. A general, you know, Mad Dog. Um, Mad Dog, yeah. Do you, 
listen or like read any other I mean it's arguably like a kind of a motivational or like leadership type book correct uh yeah more le- leadership like the mm-hmm. book the title is learning chaos learning to lead mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. do you uh listen or like read any um other like motivational books or listen to any other motivational speakers um yeah there's a couple i wouldn't really call them like motivational speakers more so like uh how do you say inspir inspirational speakers um, mm-hmm. uh, just very like intelligent in like a specific area mm-hmm. like, i listen to and the number one guy that comes to mind is uh david goggins um mm-hmm. probably one of my uh favorite people to listen to because it really changed my perspective on how like i didn't think i was entitled until i realized like what he was saying and just the idea the fact that i was lying to myself um about a lot of stuff and he kind of opened my eyes to the point that i can do so much like i can do so much more mm-hmm. like it's not that and it, he's very he's a very humble guy about it like people people don't think he is i don't think they really understand what the, the message he's trying to get out there mm-hmm. and he's a very, very how he talks is very honest like he's it's just straight to the point no no beating around the bush and that's what i like mm-hmm. uh, yeah the, the other guy i can think of is uh jocko willink of course um just i read his his book some of his books and listened to a lot of his podcasts and the man is just like it almost seems like he has all the answers and i know he would say he doesn't mm-hmm. but he's just so experienced in the realm of leadership that he he almost seems like he does have all the answers and it's just something i love listening to and love reading about because he's so intelligent in that area and then other podcasts you know i'll just look up on youtube like if i'm thinking of like someone to listen to like james mattis i'll like look up a conference that he spoke at or or something and fortunately um, when i was working as i was working as a custodian this these past couple of months mm-hmm. i was just putting phones in and just like play any podcast i want or or um like an like an audio book or something but those are like the two three main guys that i would listen to mm-hmm. nice. um kind of a side tangent but are you planning on putting in you know 20 30 something years in the marine corps <laughs> you know as like in high school right like i want to join the marines and i'm like oh yeah i can't wait to do my 20 years of like all that but the reality is, it's just, I don't know how I'm going to even enjoy the Marine Corps. And mm-hmm. there's a certain thing called the quality of life. And, you know, if I, if the Marine, if I'm not enjoying the Marine Corps and I'm not enjoying my life, it's like, is it really for me, you know? And that's why I want to take like one enlistment at a time. I'm going to do my, do my four years, see how I like it and then continue on. Because I actually, I was living, when I was living with my brother, uh, my junior year at college, like he, there was a lot of times he seemed really stressed and down and he was telling me, he's like, it's, no, it's not all that, not all I, I didn't expect it to be like this. And, you know, it was only because it was, he was starting out. Like it was his first time with a new unit and whatnot. And he was just, he felt a little overwhelmed, 
overwhelmed. But, you know, my brother's still in. He did a two-year extension um, after his four years. So he's he's loving it now. So I think there's that period, that tough period where it's going to be very difficult because you're new at everything and you don't know much. But then, like, once you get to be more experienced, you get to be that leader that, like, teaches, like, your men and other people um, what you know. And I think that's what I'm looking forward to because I love to um, – teach people stuff that I, that I, that they're not really knowledgeable about. So mm-hmm. yeah, but regarding 20, 25 years, if, you know, if that's what uh, God wants me to do, I'll do it. But um, we'll see, we'll see from uh, after these first four years. Mm-hmm. I feel it. And then we can, uh, I can go ahead and, you know, reach out back to you and see how oh, it's yeah. going. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, and on that topic, what does, good and bad slash toxic leadership look like to you or have you like seen it yeah um there's a lot of traits that you could put together of a like bad leader but I think the main one is like there's a lot of traits that that you can work on though like you could be a micromanager but Mm -hmm. you know it's like you can develop them into being able to trust their men a little better, men and women a little better. But I think the worst like toxic leader that you can get is someone with no character, someone who has no integrity, um, because that's not something that you can really, like you can address it and like, like hopefully they can like have a, improve their character. But, you know, right off the bat, I would say that's like the worst type of leader you can get because can't trust them it's not someone that would lead by you would want to uh follow in their footsteps just because like everything they're doing is like unjust or unethical so Mm -hmm. that's like probably the worst leader you can think of and i haven't really met any well i've heard stories of leaders like that um my friend he's an army army rtc he already commissioned He's in Kentucky and everything. And he told me about his unit, his ROTC unit. Like before, he's not even in the army yet. And like his ROTC unit was just like, it was just absolutely terrible. Like people like sleeping with, uh, or like sergeants sleeping with cadets. Like they're, um, they're mm-hmm. cadre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you, it's like, what is this unit? Like, like I'm hearing this and I'm in ROTC San Diego. And you have to understand that ROTC San Diego, they're, it's a very professional program. Yeah, we have our drama, we have our stupid stuff. But at the end of the day, like it's like we get like we get stuff done. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just telling me all these like different stories. I'm like, man, your your leadership and climate command is just terrible, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel sorry for you. But yeah, when it comes to like stuff like um, yeah, being a micromanager or being I don't know what's What's another like small one? Um, yeah, I think being a lazy leader that that also doesn't work. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, and it's um, you know, up to us and those who are <clears throat> starting out, whatnot, um, the fresh butter bars, or even you know, um, at the private level to change the the culture of the military or wherever um, 
unit we do end up at because at the end of the day you know you could have or end up in like a really good unit or a really bad unit but it's up to you to either retain that good unit and um you know leave a better legacy and it's up to you to um change that per se bad unit and make it for the better and uh would you say that through your four years of uh, rotc do you think that you're kind of uh, prepared to take on those type of uh, challenges? You know, yeah, uh, I'd say I am. Um, for me, my character has been something that I've continued to work on and it's something that I want, I would like to uh, address that to the men, that, men and women that I lead. Um, because I'm sorry, I'm I'm like I can't. Oh, you're good, bro. <laughs> train of thought, train of thought, like kind of. It's all good. No worries. Um, but yeah, I think I'm ready to to take the challenge. I know I already know what's gonna happen, like especially right now with um a lot of political correctness and mm-hmm. what's going on in the country regarding like race and whatnot. It's it's something that needs to be addressed, and I'm. It's easier. Again, I'm going to use the book um, that I'm reading. It's easier to to set a high standard, like rather than like setting a low standard, like at the beginning and then expecting them to have a higher standard. So um, I think that's my goal. Like if I see a problem, I'm going to address it in public. But if it's like something that could be in private, just a one on one, I'll do that as well. Um, but I'm definitely excited to see what happens. Um, and I think, I honestly think a lot of Marines might not like how I, I run things just because like I take stuff like, for example, having inappropriate stuff on the wall or like in the in a building is just, I, I'd be the one to be like, yeah, we're taking that down. We're not, <laughs> we're not having that. Just, <laughs> just, you know, to play it safe for, you know, you're trying to protect your men and yourself as well. Mm-hmm. That's good. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you're just looking out for them. And again, uh, going back to what I said and, uh, you know, what you said as well, you have to like emulate the culture that you want to uh, bring about. And um, especially, you know, within the military because it's a very professional uh, place to be in. Um, and then kind of going back to touch on your years in ROTC, could you elaborate on how each year um, was for you and whatnot, like um, when it came to, you know, the curriculum and training and whatnot and starting out. Yeah. Um, you know, it's almost the same every year. Like you're, you're going to be doing the same thing. Like once you get closer to OCS, which is your junior year, mm-hmm. that's when um, things start to pick up and everyone is focused on you because you need to be ready. But going back to for, like, my first year was curriculum was, you know, you had two RTC classes per, you have two, yeah, two RTC classes per year. Um, and then, you know, you like, I'll give you like the weekly, like what, what we do in a week. Sure. Um, so yeah, we have a Navy class two times in a week. And then what was, and then we have PT on Tuesday and Wednesday is called ProLab, which is basically um, how you learn, like how to um, 
lead a squad because mm. that's to be tested on in OCS. And then Thursday, Friday, depending on how you do in your physical fitness test, uh, you would either go to, it's called remedial PT. And then Friday is just called, I think it was called FEP. I forgot what that meant. But basically it's just extra PT. So because you're a fat body and <laughs> you're not doing well. So you need extra, an extra push. Mm -hmm. I was only, I think I was only on remedial. I never got on um, the Friday workouts, but like that was only my first year. After that, I was basically PTing once, or like with the unit, I mean, once a, once a week. Mm -hmm. And sophomore year was basically the same. And then junior year came around. That's when things started getting a little, a little tougher when it came to academics and um, um, outside of RTC and uh, physical fitness because like everyone was kind of, everyone's like about to go to OCS. They're like, I wouldn't say on edge, but they know what's coming and like it's around the corner. So uh, they separate us from like the unit, like on uh, was it Thursday, um, Tuesday's regular PT and then Thursday is just focused on us. And we're like, the PT is a lot harder than what we do with the unit. And then um, what was it? But it was funny that happened during COVID. So we didn't even get to like do a, do a lot together. And mm -hmm. COVID I was just, or quarantine actually, I was working out twice a day, just a lot of hit workouts, um, running as frequently as possible. And honestly, I got to OCS and it was, it wasn't that, it wasn't that bad. And then senior year, yeah, same thing, COVID, we were all at home. It was kind of a, like a, how do you say? I guess a depressing time for me just because there was like, I was literally in my, in my room a lot of the times because I'm in, I'm in Richmond and there was no one I really know around this area or to be fair, I didn't really want to know anyone around this area. <laughs> mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, because all my friends were in like San Diego. So um, that happened, but yeah, when <laughs> PT went down, like down the drain once like quarantine happened and whatnot, mm -hmm. like, but I got back on top of it. Don't worry. That's good, bro. Um, so you guys go to OCS. Um, is the Marine Corps OCS in also in Quantico, right? Yes. And uh, how was that whole process for you and whatnot? Oh, that was great. I I loved OCS. Like, if I could go back, I would just just for um, just for fun. To be honest, it's mm -hmm. yeah, it's uh, like the one I, I told the other guys that went to OCS um, this year. I was like, there's honestly, you you guys can all do it, but there's like one word to describe the place. It's just uncomfortable. You're getting your comfort zone. It's really hot. You're tired. You're hungry. All of the above. But other than that, like, it's not that bad. Um, the process, but I'll kind of give you like a debrief of the six weeks or yeah, six weeks we were seven weeks we were there. Uh, two weeks was for quarantine, so that was restriction of movement, um, and we were just in our like basically our barracks, not barracks. It was like a dorm, in our dorms for those two weeks and. It kind of took a toll on people because there was like no way to work out other than in your dorm. So we were a lot of people were just doing burpees. Like I did, th I ran three miles in like 
in a, a super small space. I was just running back and forth. Really? Like, like three miles of that just to like make sure my running was good and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And um, so those first two weeks was a, a little, was rough in the area that there was really nothing you can do. Um, the third week was, it's called indoc. Basically you're getting all your paperwork taken care of or your, you know, I think we took like piss tests and height and measurements and whatnot. And then I think the next week we did a physical fitness test just to see where we're at. And like, that's where the sergeant instructors are really hammering on you. Um, like yelling in our face, hazing, whatever you want to call it. Um, after the last two, two weeks, they actually get to cool down a bit because what you have to understand about OCS and boot camp, like it's that boot camp, you're they're there to break you down because you know, you get kids all over the place, like from the ghetto, from like some like hick country area. So they're trying to change you and form you into what the Marine, um, the Marine standard, basically as an officer, you know, generally you come from a pretty good, like good area. You have like two loving parents, like not, that's not everyone, of course, but that's like the idea. And the reason you're at OCS is because you are able to lead yourself. Like before you can lead anyone, you need to be able to lead yourself, um, to be disciplined, to do what needs to be done, even when you don't want to do it. And that's the whole idea of OCS is you're there to be evaluated on your leadership skills and to see if you're capable of being a Marine officer. And that's what, what they're looking at. So the first week that, or third, third, fourth week, when the star instructors are yelling at you, it really calms down the last two weeks because you guys are mature enough to know what to do now. Um, like they still yell at you if you mess up, of course, but it definitely uh, calmed down. And then the last week is what? You just get to, um, yeah, you get your EGA or Ecoglobin Anchor, and then you graduate at OCS. So that was basically my experience there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Um, What does your guys' PFT tests entail? Yeah, so they're actually updating the PFT right now, Mm -hmm. um, coming January. So... You have three events. It's 23 pull-ups for, these are for max um, for the minimum. Cause I don't even, I don't even look at the minimum. No one should look at the minimum. <laughs> 20, yeah, 23 pull-ups, um, 115 crunches. And this is based on age. So anything mm-hmm. and after, um, I kind of forgot what the limited, the max is for the younger guys. Um, and then, and then the three mile run which the max is 18 minutes, which I still haven't hit, but, um, <laughs> not yet. um, but they're actually changing the crunches to planks. Um, and that will be held for three minutes and 45 seconds. And then actually for the pull-ups, you can do push-ups, but you just won't get a maximum score. So how each, each event is graded is a hundred points for each event. Mm-hmm. 300 in total if you're to get a perfect score mm-hmm. gotcha um was there a funny smoke session 
Or what's uh, the funniest smoke session that you had? I I have a lot. I, I made a lot of mistakes, but I'm gonna I, I'll just I'll just name two. Um so my first year in RTC, like I didn't really understand the whole point of haircuts and I thought you could just get like just this cut and it's fine. But with the Marine Corps, they're super like strict and like there's very specific stuff that needs to go into your hair or your grooming standards. And I didn't know your hair had to be like skin faded. And I thought it could be shaved, shaved like a zero. And that was me. And I just had this like patch of hair on the top. So I look like, uh, what's the name? Bernie from uh, uh, Sesame Street. Okay. Uh, or or Beaker from the Muppets. I don't know if you. Yeah. <laughs> and I go to PT and literally, so you have to understand, there's like a hundred people in the Marine side of NRTC. And they like, the going sergeant just sees me and he's like, what the hell is that? And I was like, I was like, excuse me, going sergeant? He's like, what's on your head? And I was like, um, I was like, uh, hair, hair going sergeant. And he's like, who gave you that? terrible haircut and i'm just like, i'm just super like like red at this point and this like yeah bro like this at like six in the morning like yeah six in the morning i'm like i'm barely awake and you know then the captain comes and he's like man you paid for that like he's just like laughing at me and throughout the whole pt session it's like a whole hour like all the so we have meseps which are um basically uh prior enlisted so gunnery sergeants, sergeant, or sergeants all the way up to like for master sergeants, I think. And everyone's just laughing at me and they're like making fun of me the whole day. And I'm just like, dude, this is the worst day ever. And, you know, I got talking to like the, the main gunnery sergeant. Um, and he's just like, yeah, you better fix that the next time I see you. Um, you know, unfortunately, I didn't fix it the next time I saw him. Because I was just gonna like, oh, I'll just let it grow out. It'll be fine. And then, and then um, he saw me, and, and I was gonna do PT, and he was like, no, you're standing right here at parade rest, and you're staying like that for the whole like whole PT session. So I'm there for like an hour. It's like raining by this time, and I'm just like standing there, and I'm like, dude, I should probably just shave my head. It, and that's essentially what I had to do. Mm. The other smoke session I had was um at OCS and. Oh, it's a, it's an embarrassing story, but we had um so due to COVID, we couldn't put our rifles in like the back where the armory is basically to lock. We had to put it on our racks, and um we had to hang it on our racks like with a sling. And you know when you're getting rushed, you know you're like you're you you're you're unaware of the stuff around you. So when I'm bringing the rifle up, I point it dead center like right at the sergeant instructor and, and he's just like you know when they say zero it means free so he's like zero and everyone just freezes and he just slow and i already know what i did wrong i'm just looking at him like like, like that. and he's like walking towards me very ever so slightly that's about like three inches to my face and he's like like the thing like i can deal with the yelling but it's like the talking like very menacingly that's what it gets a little creeps me out and he gets close to me and he's like do you want to kill my children and i'm like what the? Like, i have no <laughs> idea what he's talking about but then i started clicking and it was like he was talking about his marines like his junior marines 
And I was, you know, I, I explained like, no, you're sure like this. And he's like, then why did you point the rifle at me? Do you want to kill me? Like, he's like, you can kill me if you want. Like, he's just like saying this stuff for like three minutes. And I'm like, I, I hate this day. I hate <laughs> And it was terrible, man. But that was probably the two worst smoke sessions. Other than that, like, everything else was, was fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. So never point a rifle at a drill instructor, sergeant instructor. Or actually don't point a rifle at anyone. <laughs> exactly. Just yeah. as long as it's downrange and not yeah, at downrange, anyone. Else. Downrange. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That's um, one of the most embarrassing stories. <laughs> no worries, man. Uh, little side tangent. Where do you hope to get stationed after um you complete your training after Quantico? Dude, I already know. I have an idea of what the East Coast is like. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be in that humidity. And, you know, I'm going to be there eventually. Mm-hmm. But, like, if I could, probably, yeah, San Diego. Um, but I also want to, like, go to other places. So Hawaii, Japan, um, anywhere really that's outside the country, I'd I'd like to do it just to say that I've been out of the country and, you know, I might get my wish and be in, I don't know, Bahrain or something, but, you know, mm-hmm. then, so probably, yeah, probably San Diego would be my first choice because I just love, I really enjoy San Diego. <laughs> Good. Um, everyday carry tools or necessities? I'm just going to think of some, like, stuff that I bring to me everywhere with me everywhere uh i don't know i guess wallet keys yeah wallet keys airpods i love music that's just something i i really enjoy and then uh knife yeah mm-hmm. and my phone but is that what you meant by like yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, just, just open any question no just worries. making sure i was like yeah the knife is more so just you know anything could happen yeah just, just in go. case <laughs> do you um <laughs> have like a brand that you always go back to or like what what's your knife brand it's at gerber okay yeah, yeah can, but... can never go wrong with gerber yeah not yeah i'm not i'm not a huge knife guy it's like if it's pointy i'm pretty sure it'll do the job yeah. but like <laughs> yeah gerber's a very uh trusty brand so i just i just stuck with them mm-hmm. you listen to kanye i do yeah did Donda drop yet? I don't. I don't think it has. It would have been all over social media if it did. The hype is hype is real though. Yeah, man. What his last was his last album? Um, Jesus is King. Yeah, or um, I think he made like a soulful uh, album after that, like with the Sunday Service Choir. Oh. Like the it's like a blue yeah. album. Yeah. Yeah. Dang, that was like two two years ago. I, I think, think so, yeah. Yeah, that's actually kind of crazy. <laughs> Do you have any like music artists that you want to see live or alive? To be completely honest, I'm not a big like concert person. Mm-hmm. But I think if I would, I'd want to go to like a like a rock and roll concert, like mm-hmm. like ACDC or Oh yeah. Um, what else? Guns N' Roses, Motley Crue. Mm-hmm. because i don't know the like other other concerts i'm just kind of whatever about it. like i've never gone to 
like a music concert. Oh, uh, yeah. An orchestra, which technically is a concert, but like when yeah. it comes to chill, singing and whatnot, like, yeah, I haven't, I haven't really been to one. Mm-hmm. It's not good. Like being around a lot of people, I think that's <laughs> my main, my, one of my main reasons. This is, I'll be too sweaty. Like, I sweat a lot at, when I work out, so I don't, I won't be sweating while listening to music. <laughs> It's all good, bro. Um, <clears throat> uh, what does camaraderie look like and mean to you? Yeah, I think camaraderie, like the thing I think of is just, yeah, I, mean, I don't know if you watch Band of Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, just remember when they're in the Battle of the Bulge and like they're in the snow and they're like, basically in the in the shit basically and Mm -hmm. i think that's where camaraderie develops and it's when you guys are in a very difficult situation together and you get through it and you Mm -hmm. just have shared experiences and bonds with each other that you're able to go back to and be like man this guy like i like being it's almost being closer to someone close to someone even though they're not blood to like this guy or girl just because of the experience you guys share together mm-hmm. i think that's that's where camaraderie comes from and camaraderie is just you know looking out for each other um making sure you're 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 safe you're working you're working together to get whatever needs to be completed and i think that's like my idea of camaraderie mm-hmm. gotcha Oh, was there ever a time um, during your training or your uh, military career thus far that you had to kind of get up on a soapbox figuratively and, um, you know, bring about the camaraderie or rapport or anything? Yeah. Um, so our very one of our very last events is called um, Suli. Yeah, Suli two yeah that means just small unit leadership evaluation mm-hmm. and a whole day event so at the very beginning we wake up at three three in the morning and we go on a nine mile hike after the nine mile hike we drop our packs and then put on you know like a smaller pack basically and this is when the sulis actually begin and there's what like 12 of us or 14 of us in a squad and everyone needs to be evaluated on leading, being able to lead a squad. And if I if I remember correctly, we walked around, including the hike, basically 25 to 30 miles. Mm-hmm. And but the last the last four guys I had to go, like I could tell that everyone was just like like slowly like, was just dead, like head down and was just no talking or anything. Um because you had to get from one station to another station to even start your Suli. And that's why we're talking so much. And you have to understand there's like 80% humidity, like at 90 degrees or so. So the, the morale was low and I was in the back and I was just like, I asked them, I was like, Hey, you guys ever, uh, read, um, was it a helmet for my head or, um, with the old breed or have you watched Pacific, the Pacific mm-hmm. uh, Eugene sledge. And, um, and they're like, they everyone said yes, they all knew. And I was like, all right, like you know what they went through. It's like you know like what the people it's like people when they it's like when those so, soldiers and marines fought 
in World War II in Japan, like they were there for months. I was like, and I told them, I was like, this is one day. We have no reason to like be complaining or to have our heads down. And I, and I told them, I was like, so let's, the reason I said it is because I didn't want the next, the last four guys to be graded poorly because of our poor effort. And that's why, and at the very end, I just told them like, let's finish off. Like, let's look out for everyone and do our part when it's their time to lead. Like, we're almost done. Let's just finish strong. And everyone, like, everyone was like, rah, kill, like, all, all that good stuff. And um, so, yeah, we finished the day well. Everyone passed their Suli. So, yeah, there was – that was probably my, I guess, one moment to, to shine. So but far. There might be others, but I don't, I don't remember them as much as that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice, man. Um. What is one thing you can't live without? Um, I'd say my faith. Um, like it's, I'm a very spiritual person. I don't mean spiritual, like, you know, the trees and mm-hmm. like not in that sense, more so just, I, I do believe there's Devout. a God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something like if I didn't have, I don't think I'd be where I am right now. And I, I don't think I'd be the, yeah, like here right now, just cause you know, there was a, I think a portion of my life where I didn't understand the, the meaning of life. And I was a little depressed and there's a lot of stuff going on and it's, I think it's my faith that, or no, I know it's my faith. That's what helped me get back on my feet. So that's something I can't live without. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotta always have something to, uh, you know, look forward to and kind of guide you on the journey that is life. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, do you have any tips or advice for, you know, those going or getting started through like any portion of the pipeline, whether it be uh, getting started with ROTC, OCS, or um leaving for you know uh what was your training called again uh the one that you're leaving for now tbs hmm. and what does that stand for again uh the basic school basic school like yeah. um any advice or i guess for simple things like you know the packing list or mentality or whatever yeah i mean the one word i'm not like gonna say is just prepare you know um, there's something that I love that I really like to say is uh, but failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Mm-hmm. So with the process of for RTC, like it's not that bad. Just be like be a well-rounded person. Um, like they're like like you could be a genius and have like all A's, all pass all your AP tests, and or you could be a PT stud. But if that's all you have, then they might look over you. So what they're looking for is a leader. And that's like 50% of what's important while the other stuff is maybe like 25%. Mm-hmm. In that case, focus on finding leadership opportunities when you're in high school. Like, like that, that, that's the thing that I loved about high school. Just I had so many experiences there and I was able to do so much. And it carried over when I was talking to my interview uh, interview where, yeah, um, about like what I've done and everything. So 
regarding like packing, you know, they'll give you a packing list for OCS, TBS, um, and, and stuff you could look up to. So like at the end of the day, we have no, I don't think anyone has an excuse to not do what they want to do just because of this technological age. We have all the information out there and the resources mm. of people we could talk to that know more than us. So um, all the, the advice, all the advice I can say is just prepare, um, train hard. Yeah. Um, so during, you know, any part of the pipeline, it does um, get stressful. And you've said quite a bit of a testament, um, you know, towards that. How um, do you, during those difficult times within the military, or even like outside, um, stay relaxed? Um, so for, you know, in the military, how do you stay relaxed or calm and then on the outside? I guess, like, what are what are some like recreational things you do to, you know, get your mind um, yeah. off of different things? Um, I'd say the number one thing is probably work out. I'm very mm -hmm. stressed. Um, I just need to let off some steam. I'll just go to the gym. <clears throat> Another thing, um, I think uh, like just being able to, to read and just kind of turn off your my phone and just focus on what's in front of me. And, um, but yeah, that'd be the main things. Also, um, the, actually no, the biggest thing would probably be talking to people about what's going on. Like, I don't mean on social media and venting out to the public. I mean, more so just those really close friends that you have or family um, that you can be like, hey, I'm going through a stressful time. Can I just like talk to you about it? And I think it's something that that people don't do because they have that idea of when you're in the military, you need to have that, you need to keep your composure and you need to keep that, you know, set, you need to save face, which is very true. But outside of like in your own private life, you need to be able to talk to someone because that's how we are as humans. Like we, we like to interact with people, whether we're happy or whether we're like sad or upset. So that was, probably be my the number one thing that i that i've used um to kind of calm myself down during stressful times gotcha um were there any conceptions or thoughts you had before joining that were either verified or the opposite of what you thought um not so much. Um, I, I kind of knew what was coming just because of my brother. Mm -hmm. I was uh, coming into the RTC unit the first time. Like, I came in cocky. Like, I'm not even going to lie. I, I thought I was a PT stud. And, yeah, I was quickly, yeah, I, I, I quickly understood that I'm not a PT stud. And, if anything, I was, like, below average when I first came in. And I was, <laughs> that kind of, like, hit me hard. I'm like, man, I had a big ego to like think that I was a PD stud. Cause what you have to understand is that I came from Richmond and most of the people here are like obese or like, and so, you know, I'm in high school and I'm like working out every day and I'm like, like, man, I'm the, I'm the best thing out here. Like, and then, you know, it's, I'm glad I grew out of that because I was just ignorant and arrogant of myself. Um, but yeah, it's uh, <laughs> that was probably the biggest misconception. 
everything else, like I knew what was coming. Like I, I knew what it was about. Follow if you talk to me four years from now, like after I did my four years, I'm pretty sure I'll have a lot more um, misconceptions about the Marine Corps and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Um, so as we wrap this up, I have uh, two more questions for you for this closing. Um, one being, again, um, what other words of wisdom do you have for those uh, watching and for pot potential officers or even you know leaders in general? And then number two, um, what's next for you and what are you most focused on at the moment? Yeah, I guess words of wisdom for anyone going this route or just anyone who's listening is just to understand that your um, like reputation is one thing, but your genuine character is another. And if you have a good like good character, it will carry over to your repu reputation. So don't be fake and around people. Well, in, that, in reality, you're actually a terrible terrible person and you know that's very vague of, of what I'm saying but like I, I had to understand that that reputation isn't everything like people are gonna see you how you know how they want to see you um, that doesn't mean you should shouldn't care about it but um, your character I think is the most important thing and also another piece of advice is just like we have so much passion and um like we have these goals and dreams, but if we don't work hard or we have no commitment to work towards it, we'll never get there. So whoever's listening, continue to work hard, do your due diligence, figure out what you want to do and go for it. Like we have a short life, so <laughs> mm -hmm. just do what you can. And then was it for the future plans? Yeah, so I'm actually gonna take a road trip um, with my parents up to Virginia. I'm gonna go through Texas, um, Tennessee, just cause we have uh, friends and family there. Mm -hmm. And we're gonna go visit my brother who's in North Carolina. He actually just got stationed there and then go to Virginia and I'll be there for six months, um, just training. And then what I'm focusing on right now, um, yeah, right now, um, I actually quit my job last week because I wanted to use this month to just study and prepare myself, you know, physically and mentally for TBS. So <clears throat> that's what I have in plan right now. Sure. Well, good luck to you and your endeavors and, you know, hope you have a good and fun time with your family and, just want to say uh, thank you again, uh, you know, for coming out and uh, being on the um, seventh episode of Joe's podcast. And, you know, your insight will most likely and I think probably be useful for uh, those who are considering uh, the Marine Corps um, and being uh, an officer in the Marine Corps in the future. So thank you again, Joseph. Yeah, of course, Marvin. Thank you. <laughs>